Hey, Hopefuls, you're listening to Babes with Hope with your hosts, Jessa, Tash, and Rachel. I'm Jessa. I'm a Potter nerd, history buff, and loving dog mom, and I'm an expert at helping you connect to your intuition and authentic self. And I'm Tash, a fun-loving, adventure-seeking world traveler, and my expertise is in organizational goal-setting. And I'm Rachel. I'm a figure skating, gym-loving Disney nerd, and I'm an expert at helping you uncover your innermost thoughts and emotions so you can discover your inner champion. And together, we're Babes with Hope. Hey, Hopefuls. Welcome back to another episode of Babes with Hope. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and I am joined by Jessa. Hello. And Tash. Hey everybody, how are you today? I'm so excited for another episode. Yeah. All right. So we were talking this morning about what do we want to bring to this conversation today. And one thing that we kind of organically fell upon was this idea of depression and seasonal depression or just seasonal mood swings, um, feeling down. And I found it really interesting that we all kind of had different answers because when I think of seasonal depression, I think of being trapped in the winter for forever. Um, But yeah, we found that we have very different definitions of seasonal depression and also how we experience it. So we're going to talk about that today as well as what you can do at home to combat seasonal depression. So to start us off, we're just really going to quickly share where we experience seasonal depression and then we'll dive in. So Jessa, do you want to start us off? Yeah. So this may come as like such a massive surprise slash be controversial, but I discovered last week after kind of like thinking back over the past couple of years that I experience massive seasonal depression in the summer. And I do experience it also in the winter as well, but I just having that realization that I experience seasonal depression in the summer, I was like, holy crap. Like it was just like a massive realization that I was like, whoa. And I'll get into the reasons like why that is, but it was, you know, the, that moment when you like find out something new about yourself and you're just like, (laughs) how did I never like see this before? Yeah. That's, that's what that was. So it was, um, very good timing for us to have this conversation and kind of go over that. Yeah. What about you, Tash? Yeah. For me, resident Canadian over here, trooping it out in the long winters, I feel like I saw this stat, I think yesterday, which kind of led me into bringing like, hey, why don't we talk about this is one third of Canadians feel this in some sort of way. And we are in the midst of winter right now, like there is no ending insight well maybe for Vancouver Island where I am but when I think about my relatives in northern Canada they have so much winter left ahead of them and just like how do we deal with that in a time when the government and everybody else is always like stay inside kind of don't gather with people and at the same time you're like but the weather is crap and all I want to do is like go enjoy a social gathering to lift my moods up. And so I'm excited to dive deep into this topic today because 
yeah, we all kind of come at it from a different spot. <laughs> Jess is feeling it in the summer. I'm like, okay, winter, hello, like eight months of the year. <laughs> How can we deal with this? Oh my and God, then there's eight that months. From a, for a Southern California girl, listening to eight months of winter is like a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't. I cannot. Yeah. So for me, I get really antsy. I wouldn't call it depression. I get really antsy during March, which we'll talk about why. But for me, that's just like the freaking longest month ever. It's never really been a great month for me. I'm always just like dying for spring to come. And I'm like, oh my God, this winter is so freaking long. It's March. Shouldn't there be like green and sunshine and flowers and heat? And I feel like I'm always let down by that expectation. <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen her face just now. Because <laughs> I'm it like, was, go ahead, just the saddest what? little baby face. <laughs> you were so sad. It is. It's so sad. It's like when you find out, when you think it's your birthday tomorrow, but then you find out you were wrong and it's actually six months from now. Like, that's how I feel. <laughs> like, I'm like, Sorry, that was the weirdest analogy ever. Is that a common problem for you? Not for me now. (laughs) But I was thinking of like a little kid that like is like, it's my birthday tomorrow. And then his mom's like, no, honey, your birthday is like six months from now. And then like as an adult, no, who cares? Tell me about how you feel about Groundhog Day. I feel like this, you must have very strong feelings about. I do have very strong feelings about Groundhog Day. I do. I get little, I get pissed off if that little groundhog says we have more winter. I'm like, you're dumb. Go back in there and come out with some better news. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I, that's, that's where I feel mood swinging is in March and there's a lot more reasons why which we'll get into but I'm super excited for this episode I feel like you're probably the most passionate out of the three of us for your hatred which is so (laughs) weird because I'm like where's all this anger coming from (laughs) really I'm teacher anger Yeah. So I guess, should I just go first then? Yeah, yeah. please so, do. Passionate right now. Like my face is red. Um, <laughs> okay. So for those of you who already know this great, I was a teacher my whole base career before becoming a life coach. And if you are a teacher, you know what I'm about to say about March. You already know it is the freaking worst month of the school year your burnout, you're exhausted, you're having more behavior problems than any other time of the year. In fact, there is data to show that in March, more kids get suspended and get detention and get written up in March. Because the reason why is they're antsy, they're sick of winter, they've had a lot of indoor recesses because of rain and whatnot. And they're all you're also like so close to spring break and yet so far away. So you're experiencing like all of the angst of, oh my God, I just need a break. And yet there is no break in sight. It just feels so freaking far. And as a teacher, 
usually during the month of March, you have massive deadlines due. Um, you have report cards due. You have parent-teacher conferences. You have like whatever you are going on in the spring, spring conferences or spring, um, trying to think of the word, not open house, but there's sometimes there's events in spring that you have to go above and beyond for. And you're just like, I'm exhausted. I don't have above and beyond. I've got like barely making it to school on time right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I also, as an art teacher, every March is, um, youth art month. Yam Youth Art Month is in March. And that was just adding one more thing to my plate in March where we would have this big art show and we'd invite all these families to go to this art show. And being the the coordinator of the art show, you have to come up with all the art and hang it up on the walls and invite all the parents. I was just like, I've got no energy for this. So as a teacher, yeah, I hated March. As a student, I even remember being a student and hating the month of March because for whatever reason, especially I have this memory of like in fifth grade for because back to school night is coming up or whatever, teachers just get like, we're going to do all these projects and we're going to do them now. And you have all this homework and they have to be beautiful so we can hang them on the wall and display them for this big show for your parents, which is all BS because I'm forcing you to do it at the last minute. <laughs> I am dead with your passion for this. I'm like waving my hands. People can't see. I'm like sweating. Like I hate the month of March so much, so much. And what's funny about it is last year, hello, I was like, oh my God, this is the first month of March where I will not be a student or a teacher. So I will get to like experience March the way everyone else does. And I'll get a new understanding of is March good or bad? Uh, what effing happened in March last year? Freaking COVID. So <laughs> a lot March. You let me down again. Poor March. It's getting a really bad rap. <laughs> Here on Vancouver Island in March is one of my favorite months because it's, like, starting to get warmer. Uh, The, like, rainforest is lifting. The cherry blossoms are blooming. So don't give up, March. There's still hope for you. I'm, like, irritated (laughs) by your, like, sunshine and roses and spring. I'm like, no. Well, that's, like, I feel that way about, like, November and February because I, as you were saying it, it is kind of in line with, like, being a student as well. And just, like, the added stresses of those months. Like, it's coming up to finals. All your final projects are coming at you. And then also, like, the winter is set in. And it's, like, the beginning of winter. And then it's, like, the realization, oh, wait, we still have more winter. <laughs> that, for me, those two months are, like, I hate you. That makes me so sad. February is my birth month and I just feel like it also has Valentine's Day. I don't know. I've always, of course, like felt this affinity for February and yes, it is still winter, which I will say does suck because like you can't really do any of the fun things that you want to do in Southern California in February. Like you can't go to the beach. You can't like whatever be outside really. Um, so that does suck for my birthday, but it's the month of me and 
love and I love both of those things. So I'm really <laughs> sad that that's how you feel about February. Sorry, March. I don't have anything for you. The, oh, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day comes along and we get corned beef and cabbage and that's pretty fun. And you know what? This March is going to be even more exciting because, hopefuls, we have a really exciting surprise for you coming in March. Should we tell them about it? (laughs) Sure. We can. (laughs) Yeah, we are bringing to you a workbook. So we have come at you with so much audio content that we want you to have something tangible that you can work through to just be more hopeful basically and we will give you a lot more details to come but since we're talking about March that's one thing to look forward to in March. This is true. I feel like I chose March for this because I was like I need something positive in March. (laughs) Yes St. Patrick's Day is cool. I'm Irish. I get it. I love St. Patrick's Day. It's just like one day out of 31 days. It's just not enough for me. Yeah. I mean, I feel that. I definitely feel that. So you are like, okay, all on board for March, all on board for February. So Jezza, where you were saying kind of in the beginning, (laughs) you alluded to it in the beginning, but you kind of experience these seasonal mood swings at a different time than Rachel and I do. Yeah. So like I said, I do absolutely feel seasonal depression in winter. The fact that like, it's too cold to go outside or like it's a sunny day, but it's not really a sunny day. It's like a hazy sunny day. If that makes sense. Those of you who know, know, and it's just not fun to be outside. Um, so I definitely do feel that having to be cooped up inside, not really feeling like going out. Um, I I just feel like unmotivated to work out too, because it's not hot or nice outside, you know, just all the things. But what I realized, like I said, last week is that I get massive seasonal depression during the summer. And this isn't just like all of summer, It's for the months of like August and September, sometimes July, if it starts really early in July, that are so fucking hot that you go, you like walk outside and you're just like, I don't know what to do with myself in this heat. Like you start sweating immediately. You just feel uncomfortable. You don't want to work out outside. I mean, it's kind of the same for the same reasons of winter. You don't want to go out outside because it's too hot um I'm definitely somebody that likes like moderate temperatures hence me loving living in Southern California because the average is yeah like 70 degrees or something like that um so during summer and this is what I realized so I went back in the past like five or six years and noticed there I do something like very specific actually this is very funny to like talk about so in the month of August actually in the month of July I start dreaming about fall and Halloween and pumpkin spice everything I start listening to Halloween music I mean I'm a crazy person I completely understand that this is not normal behavior and I I love it so sorry not sorry. Um, so I start doing that in July 
And then August comes along. So maybe I do this to myself. No, it's definitely partly the weather too. But August comes along and I'm so ready for it to be fall, that moderate temperature. And it's not, it's getting hotter. It's getting worse to be outside. And in that temperature, I have my air conditioning on all day in my apartment and it's still not cold enough. Like it's still not um, nice enough in my apartment. And then I feel like I have to have the windows or the drapes closed because I'm like, that's going to keep out the blazing hot sun rays. And so it feels like a little cave in my apartment. Mm -hmm. And that's not fun when you are wanting to be like summer and sunshine and boats and pools and bikinis and all the things. Um, So, so this is the thing that I found that I do over summer, I start binge watching Once Upon a Time and Gilmore Girls over the summer every single year for the past five years because they make me feel warm and cozy and like um, like fall weather. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else equates Gilmore Girls to like perfect fall weather, but like I don't. It's just the that show is the epitome of fall to me for some reason. I'm <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and so even though I'm doing something that I love, all I'm doing is sitting inside binge watching these TV shows in this cave in the middle of summer. Yeah. I feel like that's a recipe for getting depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, that sounds freaking awesome. Sign me up. (laughs) I mean, it is, it is, it's comforting. I I should say it's very comforting to be in an air conditioned place that like when it's blazing hot outside, it's comforting to be sitting and watching your favorite TV shows. And if you do it for two months straight and you're not working out, you're not taking care of yourself. You're just like, all I want to do is stay still so I can be not blazing hot then yes, I'm getting depressed, you know, and I'm Ooh. not being out in the sunshine because it's too hot for me to be outside anyway. Yeah. I so there's that. this thing in my hometown called Halloween in July. And basically we have <laughs> Halloween in July because it's too fucking cold on October 31st to dress up in your Halloween costumes and go out to the bar and party. So why not have it in July? So July 31st is Halloween in July and literally every single like nightclub and bar like all go out for Halloween. Like it's a full thing for Halloween in July and it's for I, like, you know, 18 plus, but <laughs> I really wish I'm like, Jessica, right now, like you need to come in July <laughs> um, <laughs> after all COVID restrictions are lifted. We'll come party Halloween in July. <laughs> And then yes, we'll like have this kind of Halloween needs satiated and then maybe you don't need to curl into your cave for two months. Okay, wait, <laughs> I have to describe Jess's face before Jess responds. She looks like little orphan Annie just got told she's being adopted by Daddy Warbucks. Her face, <laughs> you're like so you're like, oh my God, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to this, right? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> it literally sounds like you just told me that I was accepted to Hogwarts. Yes. Like, that's exactly You found your people. They're just in Canada. <laughs> Why isn't this everywhere? Like, I can't be the only, obviously, I'm not the only crazy person that wants Halloween in July. Like... <laughs> 
There's a whole country out there. There's a whole country. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I need to move to Canada. No, I can't. Okay. So here's the other thing that I was saying before we started recording is I have for a couple of years now been contemplating moving out of state, moving out to Southern California. And I've been trying to think about like where I want to go. I'm just in a stage of life where I'm like, I need to change. Um, and just experience new people. I'm single. I don't like need to stay here for any reason. It's just me and Molly. We're going to pack up our shit and go. And so when I was 19, I moved to Texas for six weeks. Six weeks? Six exactly. It was too hot. I, I, first of all, let's just work through this. I moved in September. worst month worst month to exist in the state of texas because it is so hot and humid i'm talking about like you walk outside like people in texas move from their air-conditioned house to their air-conditioned car to their air-conditioned store or workplace like they don't you you can't be outside you're literally melting your pants stick to your ass Literally. Oh God, yes. Oh yeah. no, I ugh, no, I cannot. There were other extenuating circumstances to why I only stayed six weeks in Texas. It was supposed to be longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the weather was a big part of it. So I can't. I can't move anywhere that is gonna be humid or like hotter than Southern California during the summer because as we know, I get depressed, can't do it. Now I'm hearing Tash talk about her winters that are eight months long. And I'm like, cool. So I'm spoiled for Southern California my entire life. Like I can't move anywhere. There's no way. I'll, I'm just, I'm just going to have to be a world traveler and just like travel like around. There's so many different types of winter in Canada because there's the winter on the West Coast, which is we live in a temporal rainforest so hello rainforest we're in the clouds for five months out of the year and then when i lived in the mountains all that rain cloud gets stuck on the coastal side of the mountains so we have nothing but bluebird days and it's just like endless sky basically which is amazing. I love, love the winters there because yeah, it does get really cold, but you have nothing but sunshine for those, yes, very limited hours of the daylight. (laughs) But it is still just crystal clear blue sky. And that's something I really miss about living in the mountains um, in the wintertime because for me on the coast, it's like gray and rainy, which is not my vibe at all. And that's why I to feel the seasonal ups and downs of sadness. But there's one thing that my dad would always say, and I hear it all the time, is there's no bad weather, only unprepared people. So if you want to be out adventuring and excursioning and enjoying what we have to offer out there, no matter the season, You just have to be prepared for it. You need the equipment to go with it. And same goes if you're in the heat. Like, you wouldn't go live without an air conditioning, right? It's the same. You wouldn't go explore without winter boots and hats. Like, all those things can make the experience of the seasons more enjoyable. 
So it's like, you have to be prepared for whatever, whatever, <laughs> scratch that. Be prepared for whatever weather. Why can't I say that? Whatever, whatever. weather. Weather. <laughs> <laughs> I want that on a shirt. Whatever weather. Whatever weather. Whatever weather. <laughs> <laughs> whatever weather. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Oh, but yeah so like and I would get so fucking frustrated at my dad when he would say that like there's no bad weather like let's go adventure like fuck dad I mean, like, it's cold as fuck and like I just want to sit by the fireplace <laughs> like the only thing that I'll say to this which is the thing that I say to anybody when they ask what my like would I rather be hot for the rest of my life or cold for the rest of my life And my response is, you can always put on more clothes, but you can't take off your fucking skin. Yeah, it's true. And so not to say that I like enjoy being in the freezing cold, temperate, temperate, you guys. It's all about the temperate weather here in in Casa de Jessa. (laughs) (laughs) So Jessa, what is your definition of really hot? Like how hot does it get in L.A.? On average, like an average summer temperature weather, what is it? Uh, It definitely depends. Like in the 90s is like 90 and up is really hot. Um, In the past couple of years, it's gone weeks on end in over 100 degree weather, which for, I mean, there's obviously like a bunch of other reasons like climate change and all the things. But the fact that we are like, on the coast and having i mean california is a desert we know that but the fact that we're on the coast and having 100 degree weathers it weathers days is wild like really really wild um so yeah so high high like really hot for me really uncomfortable is 90 plus do not for our canadian listeners that's 32 degrees celsius Thank you. I was going to say 38 Celsius, which is like golden summer. Like, give it to me. Yes. I will be outside Mm. all day long. Well, don't come to Sacramento because we average like 103 all summer. Absolutely not. No. No. Okay. So this, I I actually decided this a couple of minutes ago. I said it on the air that I'm just going to have to be like a world traveler and I'm fine with that. So like my home base will be in Southern California and I can go and visit snow and I can go and visit the desert whenever I feel crazy enough. Egypt, Egypt is the one place that I'm like, I don't care how hot it is. I'm going, I'm seeing the history. I'm seeing those dang mummies. And I'm living for it. I don't care. I'm riding a camel. <laughs> but other than that, you can catch me in SoCal. Thank you. Why is that so funny to me? Are <laughs> you like on a camel? Like, what up, Egypt? I'm here. It's guys, I rode a so camel me. in Mongolia. It was pretty fun. Oh my god! It went like bloop bloop. And then it like sat down. I felt like I was gonna fall off of it. They oh. do. They like, yeah. I honestly imagine myself in like Sex in the City when they go to where do they go to? Abu Dhabi. In oh. the second movie. Second movie is horrible. Don't watch it if you haven't seen it. But their fashion, as always, is on point. They look incredible okay. riding camels. Can we do a side tangent real quick? Please. Which Sex in the City character are you? 
<laughs> okay, so I feel like I have gone through phases of all of them. I've never been a Charlotte. Fuck that. No, sorry. Really? For me, I yes. I feel like I'm Charlotte. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I was told that I was most like her. I'm not like an avid watcher of the show. Is that a um, label you've accepted? <laughs> Charlotte. <laughs> Wait, what annoys you about her? So, okay, this is, okay, here we go. Do it. It's not me. It's her. Yeah. Okay. What annoys me about Charlotte is that, and honestly about the whole show, my friend, so David, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, he and I, he just started watching the show. And so we just went over this whole thing. So it's fresh in my mind. The thing that annoys me about Charlotte is that she is this capable, awesome woman, gallery, um, what are they called? People who create galleries, they have a name, curator. She's a gallery curator and just super into the art world. And the entire time on the show, all she wants is to find a husband. And she goes through, I mean, that's kind of, you know, the underlying thing of the show is talking about relationships and your partners. And the thing that I love the most about the show is not the relationships with the guys. It's the relationships between the girls, between the best friends, how they relate to each other, how they conversate with each other, all the things. That's what I love so much about the show. And the thing that has not aged well for me is the fact that all they talk about all the time is their relationships with men and their worth in relation to men. So, and Charlotte is of the four, the one who kind of leans into that the most, in my opinion. She's just like the damsel that's waiting for her knight to come and save her from her life. And that's not me. However, I absolutely can see she is very kind. She's very loyal. She is very, um, uh, like has a very strong moral compass and I absolutely see all of those characteristics in you. And when I was told this, I could see me being a damsel in distress for sure. Cause mm. I was told that like, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Really, honestly. So I'm like, uh, yeah, that sounds like me 10 years ago for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But which character are you though? I feel like I am a mix between Miranda and Samantha. Um, not like the sexual craziness of Samantha, but just like her kind of willingness to be so authentically herself at all times, um, as well as Miranda is very similar to Charlotte in the she's loyal. She is very compassionate towards her friends. Her friends are like everything to her. Um, and that is very me as well. So I feel like when I started watching the show, I was like, oh, I'm a Carrie because everybody wants to be a Carrie because mm -hmm. she's the main like um, lead character. But no, I think as of this point in my life, I'm a mixture between Miranda and Samantha. I love that you went on this little tangent. <laughs> I had so much to say about it. Who's Tash? Um, I've been waiting to say this because I want to <laughs> see your reaction, but I never got into Sex in the City and I've never watched them. Like, I don't really know the series. Like, I, obviously I know because it's such like an iconic 
timepiece for our generation. But I never watched it, so I'll let you guys pin me. I'm, Jess is I'm, like straight disappointment. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you. I, I mean, ah. okay, it's fine. You know, I love and accept you as you are. And what the fuck have you been doing with your life? Like, go watch Sex in the City. <laughs> I have like other show tastes. Like, <laughs> it's totally fine. Well, as I was telling David, like. I don't really think that the show has aged very well. I started watching the show after the first movie came out. I saw the first movie in theaters and then I was obsessed and started binge watching the show. That first movie is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, And that was, you know, over 10 years ago, 10, 11, 12 years ago. And as I've watched it, as I've gotten older um, and just like the times have changed, it is not a show that aged very well. So I'm really excited. I don't know if you guys heard the news that they are bringing back a limited series called, um, oh my God, what is it called? And oh my God, it's something that Carrie says all the time. Whatever, I can't remember it. Anyway, they're coming back with a limited series on HBO Max. Um, I don't think they're even in production yet, but I'm interested to see how they revisit the characters in a way that's modern and still uses kind of like the basis of what the show represented, which was in, at least in my opinion, the relationship between the four girls, except for Samantha's not coming back because of the drama between Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker, which breaks my heart because they're just such good actresses. Like you would never know that there was any like issue anyway so I don't remember what my point is but your point I, was to pin me as one of the characters <laughs> um I you definitely have Charlotte in you in the sense of like very caring loyal and also she is the most optimistic this is another thing that I forgot she's the most optimistic of the four so she's the one that's constantly like no you guys like there's still hope like even though she's talking about her relationships. Um, she's the one that's like, I'm, there's hope for the future. And we, if we only just believe, or if we only do our affirmations, or if we only do this, like, then our, exactly, right? I yeah, I, yeah, I think 100%. I pin you as, yeah, as a Charlotte. I think 100%. she's also the organized one in this show, isn't she? That's all I remember um, about her character. <laughs> yeah she's pretty or yeah she's pretty organized i I mean i'm a hot mess express (laughs) which one's a hot mess express carrie yeah 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 so maybe you're a mix between charlotte and carrie yeah but also i feel like you have miranda too like such a hard worker that's another thing so miranda's a lawyer and she is just like you know a workaholic or whatever um <laughs> okay that's me <laughs> like i feel like look no further y'all <laughs> that one is me <laughs> yeah no my new year's resolutions this year one of them was to work on my workaholism mm. <laughs> for real i'm working on it it's a solid goal <laughs> that was a really good tangent but so fun uh I forgot though, Tash, if we had talked about where, when you experience seasonal depression, if we've hit that yet. 
So I kind of mentioned it is like for me is November and February and I realized that it coincided a lot with my university schedule and just the course load and the way finals kind of landed and then also the weather in sight of that as well. And I'm proud to say over the last two years, I have done a lot of work on this because the first step is realization. So that's what I did three years ago. I realized, holy fuck, why am I always so miserable in the winter? Like, I fucking hate it. All I want to do is go on a beach vacation, crawl into my, like, blankets by the fireplace and, like, watch 10 series of TV shows that I've already seen because then I don't have to think about it. And that's, like, how I would feel. And I realize, okay, this is a pattern. Like, I don't feel like this all the time. Like, so what is it? And I started doing more research, paying more attention into myself, and kind of doing the things throughout the year to maintain my personal, like, worth, my personal self-love, my personal health, all of it. So creating habits that last year round for me were really important and this included like moving my body getting outside um no matter the weather (laughs) no bad weather (laughs) so going for a daily walk with the dogs like even though it was raining like and I would come home like drenched as fuck I like still felt better about myself than if I had stayed inside all day. Does that make sense? So it's like, yes, I was miserable walking for that 20 minutes outside with the dogs because I was wet and cold. Um, But if I had worn one more layer of jacket, I wouldn't have been cold. If I looked at the radar of weather to like see when is the biggest downpour of the day, I could have avoided the downpour of rain. And so just taking these little steps and, like, doing it daily is the thing. So, like, taking action daily, trying things out, that's, like, where the mood lifted. And not being stuck in that was, like, a really, really big godsend during 2020 and not having... Like, first of all, we're all isolating, trying not to gather, and then it's like, okay, and now the weather, too. What are we going to do? And for a lot of the time, one of the things that boosted my mood was gathering with people and friends and going to dinners and potlucks and, you know, just having these times, like a big Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. And... I'm really happy that I had these other practices, meditation, working out, just like having healthy meals at home, daily walks, reading a good book or enjoying one of my favorite TV shows because without that other element of socialization, I feel like it would have been a recipe for a bad winter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So for sure. Does that sum it up? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think too, like we could have a whole other episode on the importance of routine and moving your body every single day. And if we want to like, you know, get into what our kind of suggestions are for how to get through seasonal depression. I mean, you kind of just went through yours right there, Tash, of like what's been helping you. 
Um, I, I mean, what I think helps is something that I have to wait until this summer <laughs> to try and see if it helps. But, um, even so I'm, I'm already starting since the beginning of the year, really, really working on my routines. That's something I'm really, really focusing on this year. I'm finding that as somebody who has always liked the idea of ultimate freedom of, you know, spontaneity of being able to just do whatever the hell I want, whenever I want, I actually function much better. Like my body, my brain, all the things when I have structure and routine, which if you had told me that even a couple of years ago, even last year, I would have been like, you're crazy. What happened to you? Like, when did you sell out? You know, like, when did you like lose your spirit? Um, and yeah, I just, I just function better under that routine. Um, which includes, you know, reading, um, 10 pages out of whatever self-help book I'm reading every day, doing my stretching every morning, washing the dishes first thing in the morning and making my bed so my area feels nice and ready for me to just create and have fun, have structure. So when you're in that season of feeling like super monotonous and you're just depressed and you can't go outside or whatever, finding ways to create um, consistency and meaning and intention in your actions is freaking key because if you're just like meandering around with no rhyme or reason to your day of course you're going to feel lost of course you're going to feel untethered of course you're going to feel depressed because you're not making that structure for yourself um i cannot stress enough and maybe i've talked about this on previous episodes i don't know we talked in our last last episode about how my memory is shit but i'll say it again that i what i've never been somebody who really like doubled down on routine and structure. I've never, ever been that person. And so for me to sit here and tell you that that is actually working and helping me thrive, like it's massive off my soapbox yeah. now. <laughs> routine <laughs> creates more freedom. Yeah, it really does. I love that. I mean, my routine, I feel like if, uh, if somebody else were to look at my life, they'd be like, this isn't a routine. But for me, because <laughs> I don't have like a 5 a.m. morning routine. I did that. Yeah. I did that for many years when I was a teacher. I needed that time. And now that I work from home, I have more flexibility with my routine, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So I use that flexibility. Like I go to the gym pretty much every evening, but it's in the evening. And there's not an exact time. Might be four, might be five, might be six. Yet the point is I'm going right. and I do my reading and my personal development at night before bed. Um, that works for me. So I think a lot of times when people think routine, what they go to is, oh, I have to wake up at 5 a.m. and do all the things right. in one sitting. And if that works for you, then great. Do that. Yet if that doesn't work for you, you can have flexibility in your routine for sure. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's where I found the balance in spontaneity and having routine and structure is that I know the things that I want to get done in the morning for my morning routine. However, I listen to my body every single morning and tell and have it tell me what I need, like for what am I trying to say? What I need to do in what order for that day. So like this morning I woke up and I had like probably 20 minutes of clear free mind. And I did my face routine and I started the dishes and I made my bed. And then 20 minutes in, I had massive brain fog. And the only thing that I wanted to do at that point was just like sit down and try and relax and read and drink my tea and all the things, um, which is, yeah, out of order of what my normal routine is. But I listened to my body. I listened to myself and let it guide me to how I do the actions, if that makes sense. It really does. And I think one of the things that I find curious, I'm going to use the word curious, the most curious is I'm teaching a class right now for entrepreneurs and um, every Tuesday. And they always ask me like, what do you do, Rachel? Like, what do you do? How do you keep track of this? How do you? And I'm like, I can tell you what I do, yet I find it interesting that you consider me the expert on your life. Like I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what I do, but honestly, you might know a better way than me. You really might. Mm. And like, if you were to look at my life, you'd be like, that doesn't work for me. Like I like to take showers in the middle of the day because for me, I need that little pick me up in the afternoon. Other people would be like, why? I'm like, that's what works for me. I like to wake up and work. That's what I do. I literally like a minute after I'm awake, I'm working. A lot of entrepreneurs don't do that. They have a morning routine or they like to take, they like to do their workout in their shower. I don't, I want to get up. I want to get some work done. And then I like to take a mid afternoon break. (laughs) It sounded like you said, do their workout in the shower. Oh, did it? Whoopsie. Oh, that sounds fun. Can we do Don't hurt yourself. And that's like, I've also heard people wanting, they take their shower before their workout. And I'm like, that's weird, but it works for them. So have at it. Yeah, oh, I do that. I do that. You guys, I do that. I'm a before workout shower person. Like right before? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that counterintuitive? Okay. So I work, I like to shower at around two or three in the afternoon because that is when I get my mid afternoon slump. Okay. And I know there's nutritionists are going to be like, well, let's look at your nutrition and maybe don't have so much caffeine. Fine. Whatever. I'm telling you, (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, I hit a slump at like two. I'm not productive. So my most productive in the morning. So why would I take my shower in the morning when I'm most productive in the morning? To me, that's ass backwards. I do my work when I'm most productive. And then when I'm like, I'm hitting the wall. I need a, I'm crashing. I need a cup of coffee. No, I take a shower. I get ready. I do my hair. And then kind of depending, I might do some more work before I go to the gym or I might just go straight to the gym. Cause to me, it's like, now I'm awake. I feel good. I feel put together. I'm going to work out harder. And see, because, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Because you just spelled it out like that. I'm like, yeah, I might start taking a shower in the middle of the afternoon. Like that sounds kind (laughs) of awesome. 
It is my question. I was going to ask both you ladies, like we all have different routines and it works for us in different ways. Like we test out things, but what are some things that you would like absolutely recommend to our listeners that they should have at some point in their day, whether, um, it's all together at once, sporadically throughout the day, but things that they can start creating as habits that help boost your mood during the winter months or these times of seasonal mood affection. Um, and when you're stuck indoors, like how do you kind of create that consistency with a routine, whether it's all at once or throughout the day? What are the things that you want to add to that list? Yeah, so the first thing that comes up for me and the self-talk in my head is like, everybody already does this. It's so easy. Maybe not though. For me, it's music. And when I say music, what I mean is music specifically that is nostalgic. Um, Like for me, music that I loved in high school and music that I loved in middle school and college because it takes you back to that carefree time where life was fun and life was good. Um, And so, and those are kind of my guilty pleasure playlists, right? It's like, oh, the music I liked when I was 12. Um, I love that that's part of your routine because there's actually studies that show that the music that you listen to at that age range, if you play it back now, it actually helps uh, stimulate memory and it helps like ignite your brain. So... That's really cool. That's a great tip. I love that. Yeah. So I do that while I'm in the shower. So I put it on. It helps me like start this mode of like, okay, I'm going to take a shower. And instead of feeling tired in the middle of the day, I get like pumped up again. And that's how I do that. Jessa, what I about definitely, you? Well, I definitely blast music in the shower just like let that be known it ranges between nostalgic music which I like I'm totally with you I love the music from when I was in high school um just that whole decade of like the 2000s I mean I love the 90s and the 80s as well but that too there's nothing better um and I love Broadway music too in the shower Disney music anything that I can belt to which I actually just asked my neighbors um because I'm right next my bathroom is right next to the laundry room and so I'm like they have to hear me like they have to be able to hear me right when I'm like belting to like (laughs) legally blonde the musical in the shower um luckily they said they can't hear me so that's good um but something that I am going to add I'm gonna say any version of something that's like taking care of your body, which sounds so cliche and so over like stated, but it can't be stated enough until you get it through your brain. So it's two things for me. One, I used to never wash my face regularly. And in the past, like 
probably month and a half, I bought myself some nice skincare, not necessarily the most expensive, but some nice stuff. And I take my time in the morning and at night to do my skincare routine as a way to show myself, show my body that I care about it and that I love it. And in doing that and taking care of your body, you're taking care of your brain. You're telling yourself that you matter, that you are worth taking care of. Um, and in that same vein, stretching is the other thing like movement in general, but for me stretching my body, like there is nothing better. So that's a part of my morning routine is like 10 to 15 minutes of stretching. However, very intuitive. I never follow the same routine twice. I just do whatever my body feels like it needs. And it's for that same reason of your body needs to be let, like, you need to let it know that you love it, that you care for it, that you are in this life to take care of yourself. And I, I never really got that until recently. And now since I have, that's like, all I want to do all day is just be like, I fucking love you. I'm going to take care of you. (laughs) Yes. So we'll see in summer, like, how this goes yes i love it i love it what about you tash what is your tip for me i think yes movement and music are both really awesome things to put into your day um throughout the day like even if you're at a desk job like don't sit there for eight hours like get up and move your body every hour (laughs) right yeah so those are really good to do and then aside from that I think it's also for me about food too like what can I Mm. do that is gonna one fuel my body in a way that it deserves to be and then also excite me like to cook for it or like a date night or like whatever it is but having that like kind of planned out ahead of time like knowing okay every two weeks we get to go for a date night or you know we have like pizza night coming up this week or whatever it is just like creating more excitement around um the food in the kitchen because that has always been a struggle for me and then this is a bonus tip if you live with somebody um and it's not necessarily something to incorporate every day but I think it's really really impactful if you do it once in a while like every month or something but sit down with the person you live with and just stare into their eyes for three minutes oh I want to three minutes yeah so um, it just brings like a nice connection (laughs) i feel so embarrassing (laughs) that is a very sweet thing if it was just me and roommates and you requested that i stared into their eyes for three minutes i like i could not (laughs) okay well i've done it with my roommates before (laughs) And it did bring us closer together as humans. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, this is a life. And wait, wait, another part of that, yeah. if you don't have a roommate, stare into your own eyeballs into the mirror for three minutes. Yes. 
I concur. Um, this is a life coaching like activity that I did one time at an event where we, we had to pick a partner that we resisted. So it was like, they literally said at the front of the room, go pick somebody that you're having resistance around or somebody that bugs the crap out of you. Yep. And I just stood there because I was like, I can't do that. I'm uncomfortable. Shut down. And this one guy came up to me and was like, want to be my buddy? And I was like, I don't know if I'm like insulted by this or not. (laughs) Like, am I happy that I was chosen or am I unhappy that I was chosen? (laughs) Like, okay. Oh my God. Yeah. So we sat, it's called knee to knee and you sit knee to knee and you have to stare at each other for 10 minutes it is no the craziest thing i it is crazy (laughs) no 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 i'm sorry cool yeah give me my money back it is very uncomfortable and it's kind of crazy like you you realize in silence with staring at each other you realize why you resist each other so much and that honestly you're just resisting yourself it is like the craziest exercise because you're just staring there staring at that person realizing why they get under your skin so much and then you're like having to face the fact that all of those qualities are actually inside of you not the other person yeah it's real deep when you like stare into the soul of another Yeah. I mean, so my dad always told me growing up, like you look somebody in the eyes when you're talking to them. And even that like feels so uncomfortable because it is so intimate. Mm -hmm. And maybe I have an issue with intimacy. I don't know. I'll talk to my therapist about it, but this sounds like the worst. Well, I'll tell you. So I used to not be able to look people in the eye for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, lack of vulnerability or scared or had a wall up or whatever. After that exercise, no problem. I can look anybody in the eye for any amount of time. <laughs> I got over it. Oh my God. Maybe I'll practice on Molly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Practice on yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. OMG. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have any final tips for people on happiness or feeling better? I was just going to say, even though this might not be an everyday thing or a routine thing, comedies, comedy movies, Mm. even if you're like, I don't like comedies, I would recommend that you find one that you do like because laughter is the best. It really is the bomb. Yeah, absolutely. and there's like you don't even have to do like a comedy movie. There's comedy like stand up. There's mm-hmm. audio books. There's podcasts. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of different ways you can find humor. My husband thinks that um, there's this one TV show you guys should watch, and it's a like a pranking show. It's called Just for Gags. Is a Canadian TV show, and it's like very like classic like innocent style pranking and he's like 
Canadians just have the best pranks. <laughs> I feel like their it's pranks so are probably so nice. Like they are. They are so <laughs> nice. You dropped your and, hat here. Yeah. Oh, oh, let me give it back to you. Actually, here you go, yeah, sir. So that is Sorry. the Sultan's tip for everybody. Watch just for gigs. <laughs> I'm like excited because American pranks are kind of mean. So I'm like, how are these Canadians? Oh my god, like impractical jokers. Oh, I'm like, so mean. So how so uncomfortable is the word? Like, I can't. I don't know. Um, I think my last tip. I'm gonna go off something that you said, Tosh, which is like purposeful, um, celebration. You were talking about like food. Mm-hmm. And if you're st- especially, I mean, we know this already, I feel like with quarantine, but especially seasonal depression, like if you one night a week or whatever, make it like the night that you are dressing up, you're making yourself a fancy dinner, you're opening a bottle of wine, you're gonna whatever, do like a happy hour via Zoom with your friends every single week, like have something that you're looking forward to. And if you look at your life right now and you're like, cool, I don't have anything I'm looking forward to make something up, take control of your own life, make something up for yourself. That's super fun and exciting. You're renting a new movie, whatever it is. Yes. Um, that's yeah. I think that's I have 1000% agree with that. I like recently, like the last few weeks have just been like one day a week, just curling my hair for just for funsies and it used to feel like oh that's a waste of time like I don't have time for that and now that I've been doing it like consistently I'm like this is so important I feel so pretty I feel so badass and so (laughs) getting beautiful at least once a week even if you're just at home by yourself yes yeah absolutely and that brings me to my final thing that Jessa you mentioned like so briefly that I don't think our listeners even heard it, but it's just like making sure that your space around you is enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So making sure it's clean, making the bed, doing the dishes, vacuuming, like move the couch to a new spot if it like feels like boring. Like, so just like having that indoor space around you, putting a new picture up or having a fresh bouquet of flowers like these things can make a big difference like when you're trying to lift your mood up yeah I will say since quarantine I have revamped my living room dining room kitchen and bedroom now um with just fresh coats of paint and I did add a little bit of new decor but that's not really the point the point is is that that fresh coat of paint and the time that it took for me to actually do it all and do it like the right way taking care of my space and revamping it with new life. Like I am so pumped now to be home. I'm so pumped to be in my bedroom, my living room. Like I feel like I'm living in the inside of my head and it makes the space so much more enjoyable and paint's not that expensive. Like go and get yourself a little can of paint and just do something Mm -hmm. for yourself. Yeah. 
awesome sauce so hopefuls if you are at all feeling the seasonal flow of moods like we all have uh, let us know and comment with us join the conversation because you're not alone we've given you a couple different ways to boost up your mood through these long winter months and we hope that we will hear you back hear you back see you back feel your presence back (laughs) yeah we'll feel you back here next week on another episode of babes with hope bye Bye for now guys bye guys thanks for listening to this week's episode of babes with hope if you enjoyed today's episode please share it with a friend and if you haven't already subscribe rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of our coaching programs, you can reach us directly at babeswithhope.thinkific.com. That's babeswithhope.thinkific.com. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.